Yep. <coughs> Welcome to episode 42 of yep. Hobnails, Hoops, and High Cheddar. Yep. A podcast by everyday fans for everyday fans. Yep. yep. Uh, Christian Britt <laughs> is giving us some yep. yips, and Emery Kane is also giving us some yips, and yep. Danny Rucker is here giving us some yips. We are live. This is the first time in three months that we are live, although it's not really that big of an achievement. It's like the third episode in the three months, so it's really not like that big of a deal, but we are live now. Uh, since the beginning of June, and we've got some good college football topics. Of course, college football started uh, last weekend, and we got our teams playing this weekend, so we're going to cover a bunch of uh, college football topics. But before we get into those, we always have you know, our intro segment, and uh, we're going to talk about um, some things, some assistant coaches, because I am a assistant basketball coach, even though I've been a head coach here recently. I uh, learned some things as an assistant coach. I was Emory's assistant coach for a little while. Emory is currently in an assistant coach role, and mm-hmm. after being a head coach, and Christian, uh, Christian's only been Christian, a head coach. Christian yeah. went straight to the pros, to, pretty much to the junior, straight to the pros, straight to the pros. So he doesn't, he doesn't really know the struggles, Emory. So we're going to have to tell him a little bit about yeah. the struggles of an assistant coach. But before we do, uh, I do want to talk about. Uh, my top golf experience. If you haven't gone to Top Golf in Knoxville, I'd never been to a Top Golf at all until yeah, last Friday. I don't know if you guys knew it was my birthday last Friday. Um, not one of those guys like on social media that that uh, that says, "Well, me and so share the same birthday," and everybody goes, "Happy birthday!" But I'm not like that. So really, you don't know it's my birthday until after. But you guys knew because my wife posted you know. stuff. Your wife yeah. posted. But I didn't. Yeah. I didn't post yeah. that. I'm not. I'm not one to do that. <clears throat> I would um, consider uh, Danny like one of my best friends, and uh, I usually forget when his birthday is because I don't tell anybody. Yeah, I'm tell you. But do you know when my birthday, birthday is? Yeah, December twenty first. Yeah, that is. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Christian, wow. yours is February something because we did an episode close to the end. February right. like 9th or something like that, maybe. I'm not sure. I, I, know know yours, I know yours is in August, but I always think it's at like the beginning yeah. of the month for some reason. Like I knew I knew yours something. was December 21st because the world was supposed to end on your birthday one year, I think. It was, yeah. Right? 2012, yeah. Right. 2012, yeah. Right. It kept on keeping on. <laughs> I always the, remember that. What's the age difference between you guys again? Ah, uh, when were you born? Eighty six. I was born in uh, eighty five. Danny was born in eighty two. Eighty two. I was born eighty two, guys. So about three, three and a half so years. years. Three years apart. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure. I knew it was pretty close, but uh, you know, the you know the the listeners don't get to see our text messages between one another. But on your birthday, I, I know we, we gave you a hard time hitting the big four zero. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm not far behind. Yeah, I mean, I made sure to act as if Emory and me were, you know, way behind you, way and younger, yeah. just just to make you feel that much older. Asking <laughs> you about the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you sent me that message that said "Happy Birthday" something, and it said it was some kind of old man. And I said, <laughs> "You literally typed in old man in your birthday thing." You said, "Yep, that's pick exactly the, what." <laughs> pick the very first one. Yep, it was literally. I, I knew you did. <laughs> yep. I know you did. So yeah, it was my birthday, but like I said, one of my one of my pet peeves on Twitter is people. Usually, you know who's worse? The worst about this is like sports writers mm-hmm. are the worst about letting everybody know it's their birthday. Yeah. Usually, like say two or three weeks in advance. Yeah, or you know that day they'll be like, "Yeah, it's my birthday dinner today, birthday lunch," and just looking for people to say. Happy birthday, man. Hey, thanks, man. So I always like to see stuff like that. I don't As, do that. And they also post checking out this my office today. Yep. You for my office today. Yeah. On yep. my birthday. Yeah. We I think we even have in our notes things that sports writers do. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've we talked can, about that yet. We need I don't think to. we have. That's another good topic. No, we need to. So let's get into uh some top golf. Um so top golf on Friday. Of course, I've never been. This has only been open a couple of weeks. And a couple things i really liked about it uh i liked the food it's kind of like a buffalo 
little wings type food. I, I like yeah. little wild wings. So they got pretty good wings and pretty good, you know, just kind of like appetizers type things. I was under the impression that when you go, you kind of golf and then maybe you eat after, but you eat as you golf, which was pretty you cool. Know. So you're sitting at the table, kind of like, you know, when you're bowling, you can get the table there, you, you can the eat and drink. It's very similar to that. So I really liked that you could eat and, you know, drink with, you know, with your family. Drink there. Drink, well, I drank Coke that day. It's just, I had to drive, oh. so just drink some Diet Coke. But anyways, you can enjoy your food and your meal while you golf. And, of course, we I took the girls and um, my wife. And a couple of things I didn't like. It was very pricey. I think we probably spent for the Bay, plus you have to buy like a $5 membership for everybody the first time. It was probably 160 bucks just to do the two-hour Golf not even thing. food. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even food. And the food yeah, was no. about 90, which is a pretty standard meal if you go out now. So it's not, yeah. well, that wasn't terrible. Um, so I, I, I didn't like that. I also didn't like how the bays on the bottom, I thought it was going to be a private bay. So that way nobody could really see how bad I was hitting. <laughs> but <clears throat> nobody in my family is golf. So I, I kind of just drilled everybody in my family i was just i was smoking them and maddie's pretty good i don't know if i showed you a video but she was hitting them off the tee pretty good and then you know millie she's four she got it just a little bit off of the <laughs> the map but she was excited when she did um so i did like dominating my family in like golf and i was hitting some targets too it's pretty good and then the nets probably probably the end of the net i'd say it has to be about 250 out there okay to the net so, and, it's not, uh, so when these people are hitting it over the net, it's like not some impossible feat. It's reachable. I, yeah. I pretty much used a three wood the whole time, and I was one hop in the net, two hop in the net. It, it wasn't out of the question. Yeah. And then my wife, Amanda, goes, is that as far as you can hit it? I was like, as far <laughs> as I can hit it, it's a three wood, and I'm one hop in the fence. It's like it's carrying 200 and bouncing. And I was like, that's pretty good for – uh, you know, a, no, a three wood I've never used off the off the tee here. That and the tee's like it's like an inch and a half off yeah. the ground, so you can't like if you can't really use a driver that well there because you tee up your driver a little bit more. So, but it was pretty fun. It's a pretty energetic atmosphere, and they got you know music pumping. It's loud in there, but the girls the, the girls never like golf. They don't go with me, but they. They like want to go again, and they like they're talking about, hey, take me golfing next time with you. And I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe Maddie, real, she can real golf, real golf is a little bit different than Top Golf. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a, top, a lot different. different. <laughs> it's a little bit different. So it's definitely a place I would I'd go again, even with the girls and, and Amanda. So that was that was pretty good. You got you're going Top Golf, you said in a couple of weeks. Is that right? Or is it a couple of weeks? Yeah, or is it? Yeah. yeah. My little brother Taylor is getting married later this year, and so we're doing his bachelor party. I don't know how oh. he got. I don't yeah. know how he's been married. Hold on, I'm pulling up my <laughs> calendar here. What day is this again? Uh, there's there's an invite on my fridge. I think it's in November. It's I just know it's on a it's on a Friday. I just know that I had to take off work for it. <laughs> yep. So yeah, we're we're taking. He wants he wanted to do his bachelor party out there. So we're doing like now, a. Has ahead. he ever played golf? He actually is a big golfer. Like golf. so, okay. Believe it or not, he he that's he's been at like his last like senior year of school and going into his internship and his job, which he just started. He's had tons of free time in between those, like with breakup. And he's been golfing like two or three times a week. So he's gotten really yeah. into it. I'm not into it all. I can't stand it. It's nothing more frustrating <laughs> out of anything I've ever done. But you know, top golf is the. I think it's like the happy medium of even you know anybody can enjoy it even if you don't really like golf because yep. it's like you said it's the atmosphere it's all that cool stuff so yeah and you're not really expected to you know hit a good shot no. out there you're just kind of swinging and oh Definitely man went a few feet went a few feet you're next yeah. bud yeah you know yeah. there's no pressure out there I know who's going with us and I know I won't be the worst one so that's all that matters <laughs> who will be the worst one go ahead and yeah uh, let's see here. Uh, my it's probably my cousin's husband Clay. If you're listening, Clay, it's probably going to be you. Worst so, one. Yeah. Called him out. Clay yep, is call currently calling in sick to this bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> Emory, Emory, have you Thank ever been to Top Golf? I've never been to Top Golf. I've always wanted to go, but <clears throat> there's never been. I mean, I guess there are a few that have that are they're close. I think there's one in Charlotte. I know there's one in Atlanta. Just never had an Chattanooga. Chattanooga has one. I didn't know that. But, yep, they do. They do. So, 
I'll have to. We'll have to it's go out there. Small one. I think you it know, just got one level in Chattanooga. Really small. Uh, we need to broad. We need to broadcast from there one day. We do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Call up there. Don't even show. tell them. Just like just get a bay, and then we'll just take turns taking our headphones off and going to hit. Yeah. Yeah, we sure. reserved the uh, 720 bay for uh, five and five. That's that the last <laughs> thing. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, it was a 720. <laughs> just out there hitting. All right. So. Uh, so top golf, Chris is going to get to enjoy that. One of the, our next topic is about assistant coaches. I've been going to quite a few sporting events here lately. Of course, my my whole life is pretty much sports. If I'm not at a sporting event with the girls, I used to be coaching some or I'm watching some on TV. But I I do a lot of like I watch and observe more than I really like kind of watch the game. Like Maddie once said, one of the girls yesterday on the high school team said, "Why does your dad ever cheer?" She, and Maddie said, why don't you ever cheer? I said, I clap sometimes, but really, like, I'm not just watching the point. I'm like, as soon as the point for volleyball is over, I'm like, I'm watching, like, body language of the coach, body language of the girls on the other team. I'm seeing if the other coach is yelling at them. So it's like, that's just the coach in me looking at, like, all the other things that I'm looking at instead of just, hey, we did a good job there. I'm not really looking at that. So I started to observe some of these assistant coaches, and I, you know, former assistant coach Emery, uh, Amory's a current assistant coach, like I said, and then a couple things that I wanted to point out. I've made a list of bad types of assistant coaches, and I've probably been a couple of these every now and then. And I know Logan Jenkins has got to be like one or two of these two. He's kind of who I had in it's, mind when I was coming up probably, with the list. It's probably all of those. Let me. I, the number one I have on my list is the first short, one that came to my mind. Short assistant coach. Short. Doesn't have anything to do with his height. But this is the oh, very okay. first thing that came to my my list was this is Logan Jenkins to a T right here. Well, the worst one is the high fiver. And what I mean by that is that's, that's all they do is high five after like timeouts or something. Yeah. Every player. When a kid comes out, it doesn't matter if that kid made three turnovers. If they come yeah. out of the bench, we got to give them a high five. I'm not high fiving anybody. If I, yeah. Emory can back me up on that. I didn't. I didn't give high fives. If you come off the bench, I was usually saying you didn't do this, 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 and that might yeah. be another bad type of assistant, which is kind of what I got on there. It may have been what I was, but the one that all they do is high five. High five. You don't contribute yeah. anything except high five. Now yeah, I've got a couple. Yeah. So if you guys think of some. And feel free to interject. But my next one, I know I've been this one before. Uh, it took me a little while to get out of this stage. It's the angry at every bad call assistant to where you get too invested in the game, especially in a tight game, and you, you almost become a fan at this point. And I remember one time I actually got a technical foul uh, when I was coaching with Coach Jesse um, for the high school team uh, at Anderson County. He, the referee never said I got the technical, but I 100% got the technical because I was mouthing off the whole time. I wanted to win so bad. I don't know why. It was just Anderson County. It wasn't like a big game or anything. Yeah, I was like taking it personally. I guess they'd made a bunch of bad calls in a row, and I finally had said something. And they popped the bench, and I was like, that might have been me. I said that. <laughs> and then uh, Coach Jesse was like, why is – you know, why, why did I get this? And one of them said, maybe if your assistant coach would shut up, you wouldn't have got that. I was like, <laughs> that may have been me. But that's I angry saw, uh, at every bad call assistant. I, I saw an assistant. I'm not going to name uh, name any names. But in a region final, girls region final, uh, they were up one, and he gets a technical. Wow. His team was up one. Assistant coach gets a technical. The other team makes both free throws, gets the ball. This is with like 30 seconds left. Gets Gosh. the ball. They have to foul them. They make both free throws again. So they go with in like five seconds of game time, they go from up one to down three and lost the region final. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, I don't have much of a list other than just the over-emotional <laughs> over assistant coach. Like, yeah. I kind of think that, like, what you said, like, Rucker, with the way, the way you watch games, like, that kind of seems like that's kind of the job <laughs> of the assistant coach. Like, if I were to just create my perfect assistant coach, it would be someone who's very observant and, you know, is coaching the kids on one while they're on the on the bench, who's giving me feedback that I'm that I'm maybe not catching while I'm I'm being the one that's more vocal. So I would say anyone, any of the assistant coaches that are over emotional, getting teed up, you know, complaining about every call, up and down the court, getting out of their seat, going crazy. Like, I feel like the head coaches 
in, in, you know, in a sense, he's essentially just the manager at that point. And, you know, he's, he may not be calling the plays even necessarily, but he's managing the team, doing all that stuff, calling all the shots, whatever. He's almost like a director, I guess. And the assistant coach kind of does the, the nitty gritty. Riggs on here on our uh, Twitter said the repeater, which I, I actually, which is funny because I, I was said about that right, to say, I saw his comment. Right, yeah, right, bef- right before we started this, <laughs> Coach Riggs, I said the repeater, the person, all he does is copies everything the head coach says, like in basketball. Yeah, all he does is copy everything yeah. the head coach Yeah, says. I was about to say the repeater would be a good one. Yeah, so. All he does is copy what everyone <laughs> says. So if they're yelling, you know, the coaches yell, block out, block out. The very, very, he says it twice. The repeater says it twice. And it's in practice, too. I've been around some repeaters. and in practice, I have been around some repeaters, too, in practice. Yeah, just every, everything they say is everything. repeated. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's a, here's a couple more. Feel free to um, interject again. Like I said, the snide comment assistant, this is – me, one hundred percent. You, 100%. this is me, not the high fiver. This <laughs> is when this kid has just made a fool of him or herself. And like I say, come out and make a comment like, maybe if you run the play the right way, you wouldn't come out or something like that. Yeah. That's me. That's I, when I would get fired up sometimes. The snide comment where you don't really contribute anything positive, and that was kind of me sometimes. I can admit that. Uh, yeah. Another one. Oh gosh, I got a couple examples of this one. The hype assistant not that he gets you hype but like he's hype about everything and he'll try to motivate you know pre-game with a lot of yelling and their guys or girls really think it's more funny than it is motivating and a couple of couple examples um when i was at seymour i used to go to pretty much all the football games they had this coach who like he wore headphones in pre-game and he was like he wouldn't even like running drills or anything like to start he was just kind of bobbing his head up and down the sideline and singing. I was like, you're not doing anything (laughs) to help the team. Like it's about, it was about you at that point. It wasn't about the team. And then Emory, you remember this, there was some assistant coaches for like Morristown West one here. They wore headphones into the game. Like, you know, the kids would wear like coming off the bus or wearing their headphones. They would wear headphones. Lean back on the bleachers, bobbing their heads. I'm like, what? Yeah. Are we missing something? Yeah, they would wear headphones uh, going into the games. They were about to suit up and, and score 20 on these high school kids. So the hype assistant. And then uh, got two more, one that I came up with and one that somebody else came up with. This one is the volunteer assistant who misses 90% of the practices but wants to show up at game time. That is <laughs> one of the worst. Assistants. That doesn't happen a lot at the high school level. necessarily. I, I shouldn't say that. I think that There's does happen some. I think it happens more like you know, a middle school slash junior. What happens a lot at high school programs that win a lot. You don't see those uh, like Gibbs girls basketball. You don't see a lot of volunteer assistance for Gibbs girls basketball, <laughs> but no. maybe, maybe like a beard and boys basketball. You might see a couple of volunteer assistants, yeah. you know, pop in every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have one more, which was given to me. Um, even when I posed this question earlier, it was the assistant who has a son on a team who can't realize that his son actually stinks. <laughs> That's one of the worst types yeah, of assistants. My, my dad was that same way. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, Ta- with Taylor's with Taylor. I would Taylor, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you. Not you. Taylor. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. Those are just yeah. uh, a couple of you know assistant coaches that I see, or types of assistant coaches that I see, and I've been a couple of those. Like I said. Yeah. And you don't really realize it snide, until after the fact. Snide comment is definitely snide comment is definitely you. The yeah. kid comes out and says, "Why? Why am I coming out?" Rucker, if Rucker's there, he's he's absolutely letting you know what's yeah. why you're coming out. Yeah, I didn't have any problem ripping somebody in a practice though either. So like, yeah. you know, that's yeah. kind of one of the struggles about being assistant coaches. The kids don't really listen to you that much because you're not really the one that's in charge of playing time. I remember I've had to run some practices as an assistant coach when I was at Seymour and when I was at Pigeon Forge or I'm, when I was coaching at Pigeon Forge. And it's funny that like I'm pretty structured like in like my practice plan and um, pretty demanding when it comes to running a practice. So it's not like we're just out there rolling the balls out, you know, and it, you'd be surprised at how little kids want, what little kids want to do when the coach is there, even though, if Emory wasn't at practice, I was still going to tell him, hey, this kid did this today. 
And then that kid would run the next day and it's just like, why don't you just do what I'm asking you to do? I'm going to tell him. So there's no, you're not getting away with anything. No. And then one thing that I liked that Emory did, which I did this my first year and I had to talk with Emory about this is if you're, if you're an assistant, sometimes you're a statistician. And I had to tell Emory, I'm like, uh, I think I could be better used if you let me just watch and try to figure out what offenses people were doing, what defenses people were doing. Yeah. And he never had me do stats after that. And I thought I was pretty good at like figuring out like, you know, what changes needed to be made. Cause like a good assistant coach can, can do that. But there are some that the high five guy, you need to give him a clipboard. Uh, Cause yeah. he's, he needs, to, he needs to see how bounds we got in this first half. And he don't need to be I'm doing anything of, I'm the type of assistant. I couldn't have a clipboard and try to keep stats. There's, I'm too wow. I'm too into the game. I would miss everything. No, I did it for my first year with you. And then yeah. I, was, I was like, look, I think I can better serve you by doing, you know, watching this and trying to figure out what needs to be done. You're yeah. like, yeah, you're probably good. <laughs> so no more of that. What else? Yeah. What's, what's kind of a difference now? Um, what's something something that you see as a struggle? See as a struggle as yeah. an assistant coach. Um, I don't know. Just like you said, just the at, at times if the head coach isn't there, like they're not going to give you the same type of effort all the time. Yeah. Sometimes they will if they're good kids, they will. But they're always going to be those ones that don't. Um, I don't know. Kids just kids these days are different. Like they just don't. Uh, like I, I don't know, they're they're just they're just different. Um, different but than back in Rutgers Day, different than back in Rutgers Day, you know they're yeah. um, like half of them didn't believe I played college basketball. Like the kids at Northview, like I'm like I I wasn't 240 when I played college basketball. I promise you, <laughs> a little little bit a little bit yeah. skinnier. 235. 235. <laughs> I was 235. Um, I actually was the fullback on the football team instead of the. And so, the, but you know, so I, I, if if you're I, not I mean, be, if you're not breaking fair, ankles I or I didn't know breaking. that I, I, until you told me I didn't know that ITT Tech had a basketball team. So I, <laughs> I mean, I, I I understand their doubt, but, but was, I mean, you did. That's yeah. I saw the I saw the piece of it's paper. Intramurals, intramurals. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't if you don't have videos of yourself uh, breaking ankles or dunking on people or yeah. something like that, then. Kids are, I don't know, it's kids. That's what kids want to see these days. And if you don't have videos yeah, of that, I thought, I thought he was a starting two guard for the University of Phoenix online. That's kind of what I thought he was. I was. Yeah. I was. <laughs> 2K. All right. Let's get into some uh, college football topics. Excited for college football. Uh, of course, Tennessee plays tomorrow. We're going to talk about them a little bit. Before we kind of get into our team outlooks, of course, Emory, the Georgia fan, mm-hmm. Christian, the Texas fan, I'm the Tennessee football so- fan. Uh, let's, we've got, let's talk about this first. How okay. me being a Georgia fan makes sense because I'm from Georgia. Okay, you being a Danny, you being yes. a Tennessee fan. Well, we've talked sense. about you know early on we talked about our fandom and why we were yeah. fans of because we're we're then, both we're all yeah. three fans of different college basketball teams yeah. and our college football teams, but we all had a backstory. I have I don't mm-hmm. remember why Te- why Chris is a Texas fan. Yeah, I, I don't remember why he's a Texas <laughs> fan. Um, I've, so Christian, why are same us? connection? I've got the same connection to the state of Texas that you all have to the state of North Carolina for Duke and Carolina, to be fair. So, <laughs> my mom's from North Carolina. The, there you go. Boom. <laughs> is that is that where you get all yeah. your sports fandom? My mom, your, yeah. Your mother's place of birth. No, my mom's a basketball fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got just as much connection to Texas as you all did. So I, I picked I, I picked for the have, same reason you I all did. A, I was I was a young kid who picked the one of the best teams in the country. So it started out as a bandwagon and then just stayed on the train through the last, you know, fifteen years yeah. now. Well the most important thing is that you stayed on the bandwagon. Exactly. Because, I've you know, been, you, I've been as on as you get I've to be older, this. you can you can always say, Oh, well, I'm gonna go for this team now. But you stay. Yeah. You stay with Texas. You yeah. Stay. If anyone wants to doubt, I've I've been through the worst era of Texas football ever as a fan. So, I've I've earned the right to claim being a Texas football fan. You're talking about like last year when over. last year when they when lost to Kansas. Texas, yeah, when they lost to Kansas. <clears throat> yeah, one of the two times that they've lost to Kansas. I do care, defending my Carolina fandom. I do have an uncle with Carolina tattoos. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll send you guys a picture. But I do have an. 
I do have an uncle. Moving on. Though. Moving I, I on. have an aunt who drove by Duke <laughs> University one time. Yeah, so. exactly. There you go. <laughs> I'll find some pictures. All right, so we're all going to talk about you know outlooks for each team before we get into those, and we have so we're all actually going to make some picks for a few of the games, the three that we have. You know, we picked a couple of other games that are pretty intriguing, and we're going to talk about overrated team, underrated team. Uh, I want to talk about this Manti Teo documentary that came out on Netflix about three weeks ago. Uh, what's y'all's impressions of the documentary and the situation itself? So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll start. Yeah, so ahead, I, before I watched the documentary, I, you know, I was I was in high school when when the whole story came out. So like, I was I think I was a sophomore or maybe a junior. I can't remember. I can't remember the years they talked about in it, but I just remember hearing hearing the story and running with it, like in the most immature way possible. Like I was like, how did this guy get catfished? This is what an idiot. Like he's the best, one of the best cultural players in the country. Why is he, why is he dating a girl on the internet? And, you know, so I just thought he was an idiot. I mean, literally every, anytime I heard his name, I just thought that guy's an idiot, you know, and I thought it was crazy. Never understood anything, never did any research on it. So, I mean, it was pretty eye opening to hear the story. And I still think it was, you know, pretty foolish, but I think it was definitely a lot more interesting to hear his side of it and how he was tricked and why he fell into this. And like the fact that he basically was in the middle of nowhere and not comfortable in himself where he went. Like I didn't realize how religious he was and the fact that he went to a Catholic school and you know, all that. So I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was super eye opening. I feel, you know, I feel bad for Manti Teo, but I mean, it's just, it's the story just gets crazy and crazier as you watch it too. Like I can't believe it all unfolded the way it did. Yeah, I just think um, what it wasn't really a common, like a common term or you know common knowledge at at that time. So like, and I'm sure you guys did too. Like we made fun of him. We had jokes about him. Yeah, um, I think you know everybody did. So. Like just kind of watching that documentary and just kind of seeing everything, how it happened with Manti. Like, like man, I really feel bad about the way that I talked about this guy, yeah. and it basically ruined his life. It probably cost him. Yeah. I mean, he basically couldn't play football the same. It it, it probably cost the dude. Plus, I, he still made millions, but it probably cost him millions of dollars because yeah, he not couldn't to, play. Not football. to mention just how far he fell in the draft, how much it cost him. You know, yeah, the, yeah. If you're just a first a round guy. Money, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's the big. A lot. Of, that's the biggest. Arguably, the biggest moment financially for probably eighty yeah. percent of players because most of them don't make it. So if you get a big first time contract, but you're a bust, yeah. you still made a ton of money. So yeah, you know. And what's crazy? It wasn't anything like. A lot of times people fall in the draft because of physical things, like they fell yeah. to physical or torn torn ACL. Like it was had nothing to do physically with this guy. Nothing. Also, I will say this: they they talked like a. If he was, you know, if he was in his right mind against Alabama, that that game would have been different. That no. game wouldn't have been different. No. <laughs> yeah. That game would not have been different. Well, he, was, he wouldn't yeah. have made up. What, what was the final score of that game? Forty, uh, like forty. I mean, it was like forty-two to fourteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he would have made up like five no. touchdowns on know? defense. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not a yeah. chance. What do you, What do you yeah. think about it, Danny? Well, you know, when I first heard about it, I thought he was in on it. I thought he knew and was using this as like a way to get like publicity. So I didn't really know anything differently than that. And then, you, like, when you, I saw you thought that, you thought that, I thought that originally, no, 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 I thought oh, that okay, originally, okay. okay. And of course, when the facts and stuff came out, that was my dryer, by the way, just now when <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot to turn it off. Um, but when it when it came out after after the fact that. He wasn't in on it. It was kind of like, okay, well, I mean, there must have been some kind of elaborate plan for him to fall for this, and it and it was, but it kind of brought to light. I was almost, I almost felt sorry for him, not because of what happened to him, but that he allowed that to happen. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> that it, it's sad that you meet people online. People do that all the time, but it's <laughs> like if you've never met this, like you met this person online. And they they're not making any effort to show you who they are and actually yeah. talk to you and meet you. That's a giant red flag at that point. Like you, yeah. you've got to get out of this. And he kind of let it get to where it was. Like I said, that's on him uh, at that point. To be fair, he did he did mention like one a few of the things I thought of is like he he mentioned how someone vouched and said that they knew who it was. They're like, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've met her. You know, yeah. they lied. 
And so yeah. he's like a trusted friend oh, said that yeah. they knew her. It was his cousin. So, it was his cousin. I mean, all the different things that had to fall into the right place for this yeah. to happen was as insane for the fact that it was just two people involved, essentially. Yeah. I mean, there was no elaborate team behind it. It was just that one, you know, one dude, one, you know, that it did it all and just him. And I, I think, I think it doesn't happen for like 99 out of a hundred athletes just because of the fact that, most people probably wouldn't even try to put up with an online girlfriend because yeah. they can have any girl on campus. That's, yeah. you know, that player. That I, think high it's like, uh, I think it's like religion and stuff played up. Like yeah, he wanted, exactly. a, he wanted a, a, a girlfriend of the same religion and the same. Exactly. And he fell cultural, out of place. Cultural, like, yeah. Cultural breakdown. So it was just, exactly. a, if he goes to, if he goes to USC, he probably, yeah. this never happens to him. No chance. You know, yeah. Instead of Notre Dame, this never happens to him. Cause he probably finds somebody not. on campus. That's exactly. Yeah. So. It's crazy, yeah. It was. It's just a crazy story all around. So, what's another thing yeah. I thought was crazy is like at the end, uh, the whoever the the guy that catfished him was like, I I basically said like if I had to do this over, I would do the same thing. Basically, like, <laughs> yeah. well, didn't feel sorry. Like I don't. She's like, I'm sorry that it you know hurt it hurt him and this, but you know it, it made me grow as a person. You know I wouldn't change it. <laughs> you basically ruined this guy's life, and yeah. you wouldn't change it. Like that's that's pretty psychotic yep all right going to get into some outlooks for our teams i posed this question these three questions on um, twitter the other day just kind of seeing how many people would figure out or how many people would vote how many wins each team got so i'll start with tennessee i put over eight and a half or under eight and a half and 59 percent are optimistic of course probably most of the ones that voted are Tennessee fans just because of where we are. So a lot of Tennessee fans think that nine or more wins is not out of the question. Uh, Texas, Christian, not a lot of Texas fans because uh, they said under eight and a half wins. That's 81% of our viewer or our uh, people on Twitter that voted said under eight and a half. And I put the line at 11 and a half for Georgia and 59% said under 11 and a half, which I mean, there's a good chance they could go 12 and 0. And so, you know, also under 11 and a half is 11. So, right. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But I just looked at the schedule basically. I yeah. thought that 10 and a half was almost like a dead giveaway. They're going to get 12 or 11. That's why I wanted to see the disparity there. Uh, so, Christian also, or Emory, you guys want to? Oh, go ahead, Christian. I just, I just want to say, I think it's hilarious. Like, we, you posted all three of those, right? And I don't know if you all noticed. So, the, the Tennessee won 22 votes, you know, so like you would think that that would get the most, right? Mm -hmm. So then you go to the Georgia one, they got 17. Makes sense. You got a bunch of Tennessee fans voting, but then a little bit less, just don't care. The Texas one got 32 votes. So that means people were more passionate about hating Texas than they were <laughs> rooting for Tennessee on a, yep. in a, on a t local Tennessee sports podcast. So, yep. yeah, that, I thought that was hilarious. But, yeah, no, I mean, I had a – Curious before we get into actually breaking down our teams, how did you guys vote on three polls? What did, what do you all think? I voted. I don't even remember if I voted on these. Actually, I think I just posed the questions. I don't uh, think I did vote. I think I, I voted over for Tennessee. I think I voted over for Texas, and I think I voted under for Georgia. I, I, wow. I, I mean, eleven. I mean, they'd have to go twelve and zero to go over. So yeah, I voted over on all three. So I'm, I'm overly optimistic for all three. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Christian, yeah, why don't you tell us the uh, Texas outlook for the year? What you got on there? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty optimistic. Like I just said, uh, you look at their schedule and I mean. When do y'all play Kansas? Let's see. It's, it's the next to last game. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Okay. Christian yeah, has it yep. circled on his calendar. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's it just is, chomping at the bit for this game, ready for it. It is at Kansas. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a tough road matchup. So, chest, his a, chest is going to be painted in his living room, just ready for this game. They play him out at Allen Fieldhouse. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that one's that. That's a big one. I got to mark it on the calendar. Uh, no, I mean, I look at their schedule, and so I picked a a floor, a ceiling, and my actual prediction of where I think they're going to be. So uh, my ceiling is, you know, absolutely bestly the best they can do. They they play Alabama week two. It's a neutral site, but they play in week two. I think there's no chance they went they win that game. So that's going to be a loss no matter what. And I think between Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor their ceiling still involves them at least losing one of those games. So their ceiling to me is 10 
which is pretty high ceiling. I mean, that's that's pretty good coming off of last year. Uh, their floor to me is I don't I, I think that they absolutely worst case scenario they lose to Alabama, they lose to Oklahoma, they lose to Oklahoma State, lose to Baylor, or a variation of something like that. Maybe beat beat one of those, but lose one you know someone they shouldn't. So that would be eight and four. So that's actually my floor, and then my prediction is nine wow. and three. So I, I don't think, I don't think there's. I think the Big 12 is weak this year. I think Oklahoma's weaker than it's been in a decade. Uh, I think Baylor, you know, had a had a nice little end of season last year, and they, you know, kind of peaked at a good time. But I don't think they're that that great either. I mean, they just they never have the kind of talent to match up with Texas and Oklahoma. Usually, you know, it's usually just coaching or something that gets them there. And Oklahoma State, I think, is having they're a little bit they lost a lot as well. They're down, so I mean. I'm optimistic. I think the Big 12 – I think it's more a little bit more about the Big 12 being down than it is about Texas being that great. I think Texas is going to be good. Obviously, I'm optimistic about that. But um, one of the big things is obviously Quinn Ewers, and a lot of people are – it's controversial. He's getting the start or whatever, and it, you know, it is what it is. But last year, Hudson Card, who's the guy that he's going up against, was also going into a QB battle with Casey Thompson, who started for Nebraska. I don't know if you guys watched the game Saturday, uh, the first game of college football, but – I thought the whole year Casey Thompson was the better quarterback, or going into the year, I thought he was the better quarterback. But Hudson Card practices better, did better, so he got the star, and then eventually would you know got beat out during the season because he's just not a great in-game quarterback. So I was really hopeful and optimistic that Quinn Ewers would get the start. Uh, I think he's got more, you know, more of a chance. To, I think we've already seen what Hudson Card can do, and I'd rather give Quinn Ewers a chance. You know, he's still got more time, so I'd rather put him out there, give him some actual in-game ability. He's he's a five star, hundred percent rated recruits worthless on your bench. So, you know, especially against what Louisiana Moreau first game. Ex- might exactly. Well, might as well throw so, him out there. Exactly. So, you throw him out there. I'm, I'm I'm glad about that. They they did lose. They lost uh, one of their and one of their in the spring game the other day. They lost. They had a transfer wide receiver from Wyoming who was pretty good. He was a fifth year guy transferred. Uh, he's he's going to be out for the season and one of their offensive linemen's out for the season. So those were two hurts, but they did get a bunch of transfers. They got the that receiver from Alabama who's had some off-the-field issues. Uh, they obviously have Bijan Robinson, who's arguably the best running back in the country, probably a top you know, five to ten Heisman candidate going into the season as long as he stays healthy. So I'm pretty optimistic. I think they're going to be pretty good. I also think they're going to put up a good fight against Alabama week two. So I don't think there's any chance that they win that game. I really don't. You know, I'd love to say that they could, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. I don't know what the spread's going to be on it. Probably 30 points, but I think they keep that within, you know, we'll say anywhere between 14 and 17 points, I would say. Two touchdowns? Yeah, something like that. I could see them getting some trash points at the end, but I think it'll be competitive going into the, you know, definitely going into the second half, but midway through the third quarter, I think it'll still be a competitive game. Depth, depth, might, depth might get them. I think so. Yeah, I could see it being similar to how Tennessee played them last year. How they yeah. been really close, and then you know just you know a, two touchdowns back to back late in the fourth quarter that just made it look like they got dominated. Open, yeah. <clears throat> Amory, does Georgia repeat this year? Uh, I don't know if they repeat, but I th- I think they're. I mean, people I think are obviously they're ranked third, but people are obviously saying that they're not going to be as good. I don't think their defense is going to be – I mean, it would be really hard to be repeat what they did last year defensively. Um, the front seven is probably the biggest question defensively. But I will say that we have Nolan Smith back. Um, he's an outside linebacker. Um, he's a senior. He started last year, um, was probably a top three leading tackler on the team. Robert Bill Jr. is back. He's an outside linebacker, but played um, – Georgia plays a 3-4, so he's an outside linebacker that that plays on with this, you know, is more of a pass rusher than a linebacker, more of a defensive end. Um, and he actually led the team in sacks in his back. And then we also have Jalen Carter back, who backed up Jordan Davis, but probably played, I would say, just as many snaps as, as uh, Jordan Davis um, and, and caused just as much havoc. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic about those three on the front seven, and then the back, um, the back half of the defense is going to be pretty solid. I think uh, maybe one new guy, but uh, the two safeties return and one of the cornerbacks return. So I, I don't think the defense is going to hurt as much as people think it is. Um, offensively, obviously we have Stetson Bennett back, um, which I'm. I think it's Stiqu- Stiquavius Bennett now. I think is what he <laughs> yeah. he got his, he got his haircut. Oh. 
Yeah. He got his haircut, and they're calling him Stequavius Bennett. So, obviously, we got Stetson Bennett back. I think we have the best uh, tight end um, room in the country. I mean, I think – I can't remember what publication came out with the top five tight ends in the in college football, and three of them were from Georgia. It was you know, Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, and uh, Darnell Washington. Um, and then we were supposed – we had got a freshman this year. His name's Oscar Delp. They say he's ever been as good as Brock Bowers, which is crazy um, that we have two – you know, tight ends and back back classes are that are going to be that good. So our our tight end room is, <clears throat> and they played last year. Um, the Monk and the offensive coordinator, I would say he probably played twenty percent of of the snaps with three tight ends on the field, which is crazy. Like nobody does that. Um, and then our our running backs from last year are gone, but we we do have two two guys that uh, probably got, you know. F- probably 50 snaps each last year or maybe more uh, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton and they're, they're studs. They'll be good. Um, and then I think people looked into Jermaine Burton transferring to Alabama too much. Like obviously he's really good, um, <clears throat> but it's not like, I mean, he had 26 catches for 497 yards last year. Um, and then we had two or three other guys, Lad McConkey, who's the, the three star wide wide receiver, um, outplayed him. A.D. Mitchell, who was a freshman last year, <clears throat> he's the kid that caught the deep ball against Alabama to put us back up, um, outplayed him last year. So I think I think it was more of he was getting outplayed by younger guys than not getting chances, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll, we'll he's going to get plenty of chances at Alabama, so we'll see. Um, so I, th- I think I think the ceiling is, is back to the national championship, um, but you got to go through Alabama again. I think Alabama Alabama brings a ton back. Bryce Young, their defense is going to be their defense <coughs> wasn't great last year, and it's going to be even better this year. Um, and I think, um, you know, at worst, I think we're going to go in the regular season 11 1 and be back in the SEC championship and and still <coughs> still play in a, in a, you know, a January, you know, a New Year's Day ball game. So I think that's the worst case. Emory, a question was posed to you by Taylor Britt. Who are you most worried about on the dog schedule? Most worried about? I actually was going to say this. Most worried about um, <clears throat> looking at the schedule is, is absolutely Tennessee. I've I said this. Um, I've said this to several people. Uh, just the way that Tennessee runs their offense now. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker is really good. You know, if if they get you on your heels, um, you're you can be in trouble. Um, the, the, the only thing that's good for Georgia against uh, Tennessee is Georgia has the ability, and they did it to them last year. You know, Tennessee goes three and out. Georgia gets the ball, 10-play drive, touchdown. Tennessee gets the ball again. They go three quick plays. They're back out. Georgia gets the ball, 10-play drive, field goal. You know, I mean, t- Tennessee can have the ability to go three plays, touchdown, or – Three, three and out, three and out, three and out. And if you do that against Georgia, they're going to score p- points on probably all three of those, two, two of the three of those possessions. And it could be you're down fourteen to nothing, at Tennessee. But that quick strike ability <coughs> and Hendon Hooker, you know, probably scare me the most. Even with you know we're playing Oregon first, first game of the season, you know, Tennessee still uh, probably scares me the most in that on that schedule. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Tennessee. And first thing I've got on my list is, you know, the the offense is obviously the crown jewel of the team, just as fast-paced as they are. they got a quarterback returning, that playmaker, Hendon Hooker. you got some good wide receivers. they got Cedric Tillman, who was a 1,000-yard receiver, I believe, last year. Um, if, he, if he wasn't, he was close. they got Jalen coming back too this be quick pretty quick on the outside and they got the usc transfer brew mccoy got him eligible so they've got some weapons on the outside got some good tight ends that are returning princeton fant and jacob warren who are uh, pretty good in not only the pass game but also the run game got some running backs that are returning but their defense is shored up a little bit too uh there's not been a lot of times in the last couple of years where tennessee brought back quite a few defensive players uh but really at the linebacker spot and on the end you got tyler bear and then byron young and jeremy banks coming back to kind of anchor the inside and there are two safeties or seniors in trayvon flowers and Jalen mccullough so you got some people at cornerback with a little bit inexperienced but you got some people over the top that are that have been there and you know the offense is going to be what people see 
But kind of what you were saying, that defense has to get off the field. Last year they went, they got people in the long third downs and then would give up a third and 14 play or something like that. They've got to get off the field in third and eight plus situations this year to have a chance to win those games. And I didn't really do a ceiling or a floor. I just kind of, I think eight and four is a realistic outlook for Tennessee. Obviously, I think if I had to pick a ceiling, I think 10 and two, I think Georgia and Alabama would be losses. Uh, I've got losses to LSU, Georgia, Alabama, and either Kentucky or Florida. And if I had to pick one of those, I would say Kentucky, just because I think Kentucky's better than Florida this year. I think they're going to get Florida. If I have to pick one of those two to get, I would pick Florida. But they could realistically win both of those because they kind of have Kentucky's number. And LSU isn't really out of the question either because they're kind of – they're not really rebuilding. um, But they are not of the Joe Burrow LSU standard that they were a couple of years ago. Uh, So I think eight and four is realistic there. They got Brian Kelly dancing with uh, recruits. Brian Kelly. Yep. They'll be back in no time. Um, so if we go into our next section, which we're, let's do the picks last. If we do overrated and underrated, I'll start on that one. I was actually going to pick LSU as my underrated team just because you think, you know, you think that losing their head coach here recently, plus they weren't up to those standards that you can kind of overlook them. But LSU is LSU. <laughs> They're going to get – they're going to get people in there that can play and they're going to compete. And, you know, they, even though Brian Kelly coached Notre Dame, he's a winning football coach. He was corny on Twitter getting those recruits, but he's a winner. And um, I think they're going to be back up at the top uh, pretty soon. I think they're underrated. Overrated. I was kind of wanting to see what you guys said first. Who did you guys pick as your overrated team? Overrated? I'll go first. I picked Notre Dame because every year they're overrated. Top 10. Uh, their fifth, their head coach is gone. I mean, I know the the guy that they got it had been there. He was their defensive coordinator. They're always overrated. They, with the academic standards they have, they can't recruit the athletes to to play in uh, to play in a conference because they don't play in a conference. So <clears throat> they're always they're rated top five because they have that huge NBC contract, and NBC has got to have them top five. So they're they're top five. Um, because of NBC. They're overrated every year. Notre, it's absolutely Notre Dame. I agree to your Notre Dame overrated, uh, but and and they're on my list for sure. But my top absolutely most overrated team in call, and this is by far the, the most passionate pick of, out of any of my picks here, is Texas A&M. And that may be completely biased because I'm a Texas fan, but I think Texas A&M is extremely overrated. I do think that people are starting to talk about it more. Like, I feel like it was, you know, three months ago, four months ago, it was like, they're going to be a top one or two team preseason. They're, you know, they're national champion, or playoff favorites and hearing this and all that. And because of that recruiting class, I mean, I just think they're absolutely so overrated. I think they're going to struggle. I mean, the fact that they're in the toughest, not just the toughest you know, conference in football, but the toughest division in the conference in all football. I mean, and Alabama's great. I think they're 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 going to be good. So it's going to be tough. But I think they lose some games that they're not supposed to. In addition to the games that they're, you know, like Alabama that they're they probably should lose to. So I, I don't even think it's close to. I think they're by a, I think they're going to be bad. Couple of chime ins here with uh, yeah, yeah. Taylor, Taylor Britt still with us. He says underrated is Mississippi State, and Buddy Crass says the most overrated is Ohio State. And I don't know, they're pretty good every year. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're always yeah. kind of properly rated. So he must not be a Buckeye fan at all. Yeah, Jim Jim Trestle always has them playing well. <laughs> and Britt said your, Taylor, Taylor said A&M would beat Texas by double digits. <laughs> <laughs> now, my most overrated, I picked Miami. They are 16th to start the year, and they lost five games last year. The only year in the last five that they've not lost more than five was the COVID year. They lost three that year, like eight and three. And they got just got rid of their coach, who actually I think he was still on staff when they brought the new coach in, right? Wasn't he still like the coach? But they were like, yeah. okay, we hired this guy. You can, you can go. And he never really like went, so that was kind of awkward. But I, I just I don't see how to fight. They won't, they lost five games last year, and they, you know they they've not been a perennial power. They were out that last year that Rick was there. They started like 
eight and zero or nine and zero, and then they lost like four, three or four in a row. And after that, they've lost five or six games every and year since then. I think they made a, a big Orgeron hire. Like it, with a, not to be fair, Orgeron won championship. Sure, he had the most talented team in college history, but it was a very Orgeron <laughs> hire to me. Like it was like the guy that the hometown guy because it was Crystal Ball. You know, he's got ties there, and that was a big thing. It's like it, it was a feel good hire that you just. You're, I feel like if you were to ask 10 diehard Miami fans, why are you excited about it? They they would spend probably 80% of their answer talking about how he's from there and that the passion and stuff like that. And it would be 20% maybe football reason, you know, mm-hmm. it's, that's a big, big Orgeron hire right there to me. So I do, I think they will be better, but I think, I think, I think they may be a little overrated. After what, about, a really bad year. what about underrated for you guys? <clears throat> Well, I'll go. Um, I think Tennessee. I'm going to go with Tennessee. I, I think they should be a top 25 team preseason. Um, they're now. Now, what's what's going to happen? What could happen to them is like Danny's. They could go eight and four um, because they play a really tough schedule. They have Tennessee, or they have Georgia. They have Alabama. They have a, a good Kentucky team. They have um, LSU, and they're probably going to end up playing. You know, especially depending on what their records are at the time, they're probably going to end up playing LSU at night, which is which is tough. Um, at LSU, but I think Tennessee should have been. I know, I know there may be a couple of polls that are one, one or two places outside the top twenty-five. But I think they're a top twenty team, maybe maybe even top fifteen team. So that's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I, I like where Tennessee's at, just because I think people are, <laughs> I think they were put there because there's a lot of hope and they want. I mean, they're a good spot to where they can just cruise through the the rankings if they do what they're you know people are expecting them to do. Yeah. But but I, I think. They'll, they'll overachieve. But my, my most underrated team, I was going to actually say LSU, but I'll, I have another two. So I, since you already record, since you already tell LSU, uh, I'll, uh, I'll say Ole Miss. So I, I think that Ole Miss is an underrated team. I think in general, I think Lane Kiffin, everyone talks about his antics and stuff like that, and he's funny, whatever, and people don't think he takes it serious. But, I mean, the dude can coach football. I mean, I, can't, I don't know. If you, if you put him on a list when it comes to talent, in the, in the SEC, I, I mean, he may not even crack the top 10 from top to bottom on his roster, and he's still competing every year. So I feel, you know, they're not going to win the West. They're probably not even going to get, you know, they're not even going to necessarily get that close, but, you know, with Alabama being up there. But I think they could be second or third in the West and and, and do pretty well and overachieve and, and, and beat some. Offensive genius. Kiffin's yeah. an offensive he, genius. Bro. He takes risks that everyone's scared scared to take, and I think yeah. he's in a, he's in a good spot there. And I, I mean, you see, he can, I, I think he came out with this week and said that he 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 loves Ole Miss, and and he said he yeah. realized that uh, he needed Ole Miss more than Ole Miss needed him. Needed him, yeah. Wasn't <clears throat> that sweet? He's the real deal. I mean, that was that was pretty. It's pretty special coming from Kiffin. Now he'll probably yeah. leave next year, go back to USC or something, but. <laughs> Yeah, USC's tied up for a while. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, th- yeah. I think. I think. That, I think they'll be pretty good too. I hope they absolutely. They play. I just looked at it. They played Notre Dame the last game of the season, and I don't like Lincoln Riley, but I hope they absolutely obliterate Notre Dame that last game of the season. So there's no doubt that Notre Dame Notre- doesn't belong in the playoff. <laughs> Notre Dame will be six and five by then anyway, so it'll be out of the. Yeah, but they'll still be like sixth or something. <laughs> yeah. they, they play. Uh, they play Clemson too. They play Ohio State, Clemson, and USC this year. So wow. no way hopefully, they're in the. They'll lose all three of those. And hopefully, yeah. Hopefully that means that they don't get anywhere near sniffing the college football playoff. Yeah. All right. Last segment. We are going to make a few picks. We kind of got away from making picks because uh, we started trying to find, you know, uh, just a game to pick. And sometimes the game to pick wasn't even relevant to where we live at all. So we kind of started going away from picks. But we did make some picks this week. Uh, we picked five games. We picked all three of our games. And then we picked the Ohio State Notre Dame game and the Utah and Florida game. So we're going to start with the Georgia Oregon game. Uh, Emory, what do you have in this one? I'm going to go with Georgia, but I, I don't think – I think the spread the last time I looked was 17-and-a-half, which is pretty big yeah. for a 3-11 game. So I think Georgia wins, but um, <laughs> I don't think they cover the spread. I think they win, and I think they cover the spread. I don't like Oregon at all. I've I, think Georgia, got, I think Georgia may come out a little slow at first, but I think they pull away and cover that spread. I actually got similar to Emory. I have Georgia by 15 uh, next one, Tennessee and Ball State. That spread right now is 35 and a half, but I picked Ball State to cover 
that spread. I say Tennessee by 17, which of course means Tennessee will win by 65. What do you guys have on this one? Um, I think uh, my middle schoolers uh, got a big kick out of, we talked about today that Tennessee was playing tomorrow and that they were playing ball state and they middle school boys had a big kick out of that. So they would hate to go to a school named ball state. So they that's for what it's worth. There you go. Um, I think, I think Tennessee covers. I think Tennessee comes out super tight. I think the expectation on, you know, 102,000 people in the stadium and everyone watching is going to be that they're going to score 100 points and they're going to come out pretty tight and struggle for about a quarter and then they'll get things going. I think they win by about 24, but they don't cover. All right, Texas and Louisiana Monroe. Christian, you got the first dibs on this one. So I think they win. I don't actually remember the spread on this one. It was about 34. Yeah, it's, it's about to say it's something crazy. I think they win, and I think they also do not cover. I think they will come out a little lackluster as well to start out, and hopefully this is a good tune-up game to get Quinn a rhythm going by the end of the game You know, with Alabama the following week. So I think they come out a little lackluster, maybe have a quarter and a half or so that's a little you know, slow, and then they win. Probably win by – 24. I think, uh, I think Texas covers. I think they, I think B. John Robinson goes off. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to be loosened up after you give that guy the ball a few times and it's probably going to open some things up. So I think, I think they cover. I got Quinn Ewers coming out party, 250 yards and three touchdowns (laughs) win by 40 Texas while driving that F one fifty from Ohio state. (laughs) Speaking yeah, of Ohio exactly. State, we got the Ohio State and Notre Dame. Um, I'll go first. This one. picked Ohio State, but close by three. What's what's the spread on this one? Seventeen. It's, yeah, it's it's a pretty substantial spread. I'm going to Ohio State to cover just because I don't like Notre Dame. I, I just hope it happens. I don't like either, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's a close I, one. I don't like either, but I like Ohio State, but more than I like Notre Dame. Yeah, it is in Columbus, so it's not a neutral side game. Uh, I think Ohio State wins. I think their quarterback, what's his name again? It's what, I can't remember his name. Stroud or something? Yeah, I think the quarterback. Yeah, I think he's the real deal. I think they win, but I do think they do not cover. I think they went by like fourteen or so. And the last one is Utah and Florida. What's what's the spread on this? Uh, the spread Utah's on this a three one point favorite. is a three point spread. And Utah Utah's ranked seven. I'm going. I'm going Utah's with Utah. Seven ranked. Yeah, I'm yeah. going Utah. I think um, you know, obviously, Florida has changed coaches. Um, I think like their top two or three pass catchers are gone from last year. Either I think I'll transfer. I think their top two or three running backs are gone from last year. I mean, I've, they've. I mean, it's just hard to replace this that many bodies, um, much less with quality. You know, quality athletes so i'm gonna go with utah cover this cover the spread i've got utah covering the spread also i've got them winning by 10 on this one it's at florida i think the fans will come out hype but i think that utah will overcome that i don't think florida is going to be very good this year honestly of course i say that and they'll go nine and three but uh i still think utah by 10 on this one yeah i I agree with you guys i think utah covers i don't think florida's gonna be that good and if tennessee loses to them i mean Gosh, I mean, this. Hype will inspire to lose them. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some there'd be some fans out there to say it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There, there's going to be fans when they lose to Alabama. That'll be their first loss, I think. And Alabama's their first tough game, isn't it? Because they play. Don't they go? Tennessee goes Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Three out of four weeks, right? There's a bye week in there somewhere. Well, they like play. Florida, they play Florida first, but yeah, right. They play Florida, I think third, third game of the year. Third game, okay. It's, yeah. it's the yeah, fourth game. Third or fourth, it yeah. goes, It's Florida, LSU, then Alabama. Okay. Never mind then. I thought Alabama was the first tough game they had. Nope. Ball State's the first tough game. That's not a tough game. I would so. hate to go to this university. <laughs> I would too. All right, well, that's going to end episode 42 for us. I hope you enjoyed the live feed. And if you didn't, if you're still just now joining us, we're going to post this on uh, Spotify. And with the link will be on the uh, Twitter page tomorrow. If you did and you want to kind of tell us what you think are some bad assistant coaches, if you had some other ideas, please tell us and let us know. 
If you didn't like our picks, if you didn't like our analysis of our teams, <laughs> tell us. We won't care, but tell us anyways. Just, you know, get some kind of conversation going. And looking forward to talking about some of these games next week. You guys have anything before we end our live episode? I do not. Just glad college football is back. Hook them. No, oh. hook them. Go balls. <laughs> Horns down. Go Jayhawks. Go Jayhawks. Go Vols. That's going to end episode 42. <laughs> See you next week.